0: Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to Starry Alignment. I am here with
1: my dearest friend, Alula Rose, also known as Jennifer Wrightmeyer, and we are going to be recording the new moon, full moon eclipse series for the end of 2022 together. Um, so it's so beautiful to have you here, Alula Rose.
2: I'm so excited to be back with you and, um, yeah, get into this this time we're in yeah so the, for those of you that are new here
1: um this is the star alignment podcast which is your source for cosmic strategy and divine timing my name is Stephanie Catalano and i've always just been so passionate about aligning the world with the sacred rhythm between earth and the living sky in the past you might see um work from all the way back since 2019 and um, Alula was also a speaker and a host on the podcast Um, and last episode she was here with me as well so um, we've been studying astrology together for the last three years or so and absolutely love the process of working with nature and we've been sitting together for over an hour almost two hours, just talking (laughs) about the astrology before even hopping on here. We've got crystals in our laps and candles lit tea, tea around and, um, creating the coziest vibes.
2: Yeah. So ready.
0: (laughs) What did
1: you say first
2: love in here? Oh, I said a sleeping cat next to me. It's, um, yeah, really cozy.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, pour a glass of tea for yourself Take a deep breath. We are here to take some time to explore um, the charts with you in terms of this eclipse season and some of the major things that are coming up um, for all of us. Um, Alula and I have something really exciting to share. Mm. Um, And I know, Alula Rose, you were really excited about announcing this. So before we dive into all the horoscope stuff, we wanted to tell you something we've been working on.
2: Yeah, thank you for that. Um, So we, in our passion for living with nature and the cosmic cycles, we wanted to co-create something more tangible to invite community to really learn how to live with all of this wisdom, like instead of over-conceptualizing it, how can we now really align all of our lives with, with these natural rhythms. Um, so we're, yeah, I don't know how much more we want to say we're creating basically a tangible gift that you can give to yourself or your loved ones. Um, yeah. To get more in tune. Yeah.
1: So, um, a big part of timekeeping, um, is looking at calendars and um, transits before they happen. And there, it's so much fun to learn how to plan with the stars and having um, beautiful visuals and prompts and in words of encouragement to support you. So um, we both love journals and calendars, and we're working on creating something um, together to share with you and um, have it hopefully ready by Christmas as a pre-sale. Um, or by Aries season, especially, that's really um, the focus of the calendars getting us back to connecting back to the seasonal rhythms. So it'll definitely um, be something we can look forward to in the spring. And if um, God has it, it might be um, before the, the actual new year into 2023. So we look forward to sharing more with you about that. And um, in this episode, I just wanted to give you guys a background of what we're going to be talking about, And first off is that uh, we had Venus aligned with the heart of the sun. Um, Well, it's actually going to align tomorrow. We're recording this on October. What day is it? Let's see. Where are we now? The 21st. So today is the 21st. Yeah, we're recording this uh, October 21st, 2022 on a Friday, Venus Day at 41 p.m. Eastern time. And tomorrow, the moon, uh, not the moon, the the sun and Venus are going to be aligning in their Kazemi. And they're actually perfectly aligned at the degree right now. So we're chatting with you in this energy of um, Venus and her home sign of Libra, aligned with the sun and God conscious energy. So Mm -hmm. we're going to talk a little bit more about that Kazemi and we're going to dive into other transits like Mars stationing direct or no, Mars stationing retrograde. That's funny. Um, I had written down direct, but Mars is going to station retrograde before um, the full moon. So we'll chat about that. And as well as um, Jupiter moving into Pisces um, in his retrograde motion in between the eclipses. So today's episode is going to be focused on the eclipses and some of the most potent shifts that we're going to feel, whether it's before the eclipse series with that Venus Kazemi in between the eclipse series. And also uh, after leading up to that new moon.
2: Yeah. And then we're just gonna, um, we'll wrap up with a little Oracle and prayer moment too, which I'm looking forward to.
1: Oh yes, 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 yes. So we'll probably be here for a while. If you want to listen to this in chunks, or we invite you to slow down with us and enjoy some tea and um, pull up the charts for yourself to see what's going on. If you, if you do want to see the screen, of what we're referring to, you can hop on over to Spotify or YouTube. We should have visuals for you there. So yeah, without further ado, Mm Alula. unless unless there's anything else you wanted to share before we um, check out this Venus Kazemi.
2: Oh, um, I think, yeah, I don't wanna um, remind too much. So I feel good. Um, just to expand on your invitation as well as as Stephanie mentioned we're both sitting on the floor so Mm -hmm. if you are planning on like sitting with us through the entirety of this episode I just want to specifically welcome you to be a groundling with us Um, I think we'll get into the astrology more but just um, yeah with with the north node and Taurus just sitting on the ground that in itself is like such a practice so (laughs) join us
3: Mm, I
1: love that. What's really cool as I pull up this chart is that the Kazemi is at seventeen seventeen, uh, Saturday, October twenty second. Um, Hello. so that's really interesting that it's like at the time of seventeen seventeen. Um, so yeah, this Venus, this Venus Kazemi is super powerful. Um, we have Venus in her home sign of Libra. And that makes it so that this energy is something that is very comfortable in a way. It's not too jarring. It's almost like the love that we've been awaiting is finally starting to fall into place. And a lot of that is through action and through like balancing the skills and making things right. And not everything will be perfect in our evaluation of our relationships. But I think there is a momentum that is peeking out with this Kazemi around creating more balance and expectations and results in relationship
2: yeah beautifully said um, thank you for the awareness of the 1717 17 too I'm just observing as well like Uranus is at 17 um, under this Kazemi and then also just both Chiron's at 13 degrees and the north node I'm sorry of Aries and then the north node at 13 degrees of Taurus so there's also this like imprint of um the more intuitive like divine feminine frequency too which is just so venusian and beautiful
1: mm. yeah and we yeah we have mercury here adding more more to the conversation i feel like if there's been love or distance in love or restriction or words not being said there's a lot of connection that's happening through communication, through actually speaking about it, talking about it, hearing both sides, like the curiosity is so genuine and we are ready to reciprocate and to create relationships that are um, based on the law of reciprocity. Mm. Uh, If people in the past, like you've done really well by them and it might seem like there hasn't been reciprocity, a lot of that might be coming through now, Um, even investments that you've made. Uh, I know for me, I've been in a, in an office space, um, since about March and I was just awarded the astrologer, the best astrologer in my town in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, where I live because they were able to find me in my, my office location that I've been investing in for so long. And now I'm seeing that reciprocity. Um, so investments that we've made, um, I know Lula, you're living in a new beautiful apartment and now you're like in a place in your life where you get to begin to paint and all your furniture is in there and that like ability to really enjoy the Venusian things in our life and some decisions that we've made, uh, contracts that we've signed. We're, we're getting to see the gift of that and like take action on it and, and, and compound our wealth and compound um, the abundance that we can we can find from the scales in our life.
3: Mm.
2: Yeah, I love what you said about reciprocity too, and just like thank you for also bringing awareness of how this applies to our relationships and like everything that's not us. Well, and also with ourselves, of course, but just anything external of ourselves, how can we trust the reciprocity we've already built? I think too, because this is at 29 degrees, it's like that final punch of, can we receive the reciprocity and the balance and the stabilization we've gifted ourselves? And um, I guess really get specific and clear about where that does exist in our world so Mm -hmm. that In time for this eclipse, just as we move into Scorpio, we get to really, um, with that stability, go really, really deep and allow ourselves to surrender into more intimate, like, vulnerability. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because a lot of times,
1: you know, air is not something we can see. So when, when when we're experiencing universal equilibrium, which is in every moment, like, we might not even see it but it's there Mm.
0: so there's like this um
1: really beautiful peeking out that's happening in terms of art like i know for me um i'm gonna be i'm a huge thrifter and i'm gonna be sharing a lot of my thrifted pieces with the world because i'm like wow like i've i've reached a point where i need to start selling my collection So another thing I'm really peeking out on is like my desire to sew clothes. And I just, I'm not sure if this is happening for you, Alula, or anybody in the audience, if you wanna leave a comment and and share what artistic abilities or desires have been like really obvious to you. I think this Kazemi is going to help us to really claim the art forms, the crafts that we wanna be creating. Um, because it just feels good and it's also very practical to do that, especially within our economy where, you know, Venus rolls money and this is Yang Venus. This is moving money energy. This is moving resources energy through relationships and through art. So, you know, another art form that I've been really drawn to is like building earth ships and building from recycled materials and um, working with the land. So, mm. I'm so like grateful for this Kazemi um, and that it's right where it's at because I think it's going to help us create balance so peacefully versus other um, expressions of what other kinds of Kazemis we could experience with Venus.
2: Right. Yeah, I think there's like a sense of the chord resolving. And it's funny when you were talking, um, <laughs> I I was kind of envisioning to quote Pocahontas, like and rolling. <laughs> she sings, um, come roll in all the riches all around you. And for once, never wonder what they're worth. Because it's like when, when we just receive what's exactly in front of us, we don't really even need to, like we've done the work of weighing what's valuable. So we don't even need to wonder what their worth is because we're at the end of this like balancing calibrating cycle. Um, so we can trust ourselves that what we like what has remained with us and what, what, we, what we've consciously chosen to either maintain or amplify or resurrect um, mm-hmm. like, we're, like it's time to just yeah stop questioning the worth of it trust why you want this in your realm
1: exactly and then Scorpio season coming in with this new moon and Scorpio I feel like Scorpio season has this energy of like scariness because of the death that happens but libra season really prepares us for the letting go like by the time we reach the end of libra season we know like what we're letting go of and at least for me i i can admit that i might have like projections that when when i hear other astrologers or or people inviting healing into my life through their words but some of the advice is to like you know let go of certain relationships and Be sure not to be like deceived by the dark side because that's very Scorpio. Um, But sometimes it's not really just, it's not relationships that you're letting go. It's dynamics within relationships. It's like attachments or expectations or, you know, like a toxicity within a relationship that gets to be let go of. Um, So, yeah, I think like it's really nice to know that the very next day uh, Scorpio season begins and venus follows along in that place so i think that there's just a lot of relationship healing that's going to be happening venus and the sun are going to cross the south node and we're going to have these eclipses and like i said i mean some people might be letting go of actually like relationships i know i can count a couple of situations in my mind that are just like there's there is like a a time healing that has happened that allow those relationships to more fully have a release. Um, and some people might, you know, end relationships a little bit more dramatically, but I want to also encourage the inner work of letting go of certain things within relationships so that you can maintain your network. You can maintain, um, the gifts of, you know, relationship, uh, and work on healing, whatever feels like aggressive or um like it's causing harm because scorpio season is ruled by mars and naturally wants to um go to war so yeah it's just interesting talking about the the balance and how venus and mars and that like peace versus war energy is always like vital within life it's always part of it
2: right yeah i think um I just want to rewind to what you said about like Venus and the sun, like having their kiss at the end of Libra and then carrying each other into that darkness. It's, it's just like, I feel like this always, but in this, this time more than ever, like just by bringing our awareness to simply face the shadow without either fear or expectation, like the blessing with Venus there, it's inherently there. We just have to witness it um, and allow it. And I love what you said too about like, not everything has to die. Like we can, um, the way the mycelial web like picks and chooses like certain aspects of the forest to die so others can thrive. Like it's that coexisting um, creation and destruction that really like keeps the momentum of life going. We don't have to always have a total tower, like burn everything down moment. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And And I think
0: within, yes. (laughs)
2: Yeah, within we'll Scorpio love. too, like you and I were just discussing, this has to do with our upcoming products, wink, wink, but we were discussing the different archetypes for the signs as well. And um, we talked about like Scorpio, of course, the scorpion, but the eagle, but the phoenix. And so I think um, just bringing that awareness to Scorpio too, that it's not only death, but it's also rebirth or resurrection. So yeah. Um, yeah, I think building off of that calibration we've been talking about with with the Venus Kazemi and the just entirety of Libra season um, from that balanced rooted place, we can also realize like what we're ready to let go of that's in the way of what we want to come through. So yeah. we can also see like what's blocking our desire, what what shadow patterns of our own or fears that we project into the world of our own are actually just blocking us from receiving our desires that again venus traveling with the sun is showing us is already there
1: exactly i wanted to check um the Deccan information for libra at the 29th degree so that would be jupiter yeah jupiter and <laughs> the four of swords um so yeah super benefic and decisive as well decisive for the sense of protection and for the sense of building because mm. yeah. when I think of four I think of a square and the square is I don't know if it's the strongest shape but that's how we build buildings we create bricks you know so like squares and the you know four energy um it creates that 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 inertia to continue to build off something and jupiter is this energy of expand expansion and abundance and wealth and wisdom so yeah it's sometimes when we look at the astrology and even the eclipse we're about to go over um it's not always like the best news so but i think that this saturday eclipse um is actually pretty positive um not to mention that it's trining mars in gemini
2: Oh the yeah the eclipse um it, it, I think it perfects Tuesday morning we're looking at Kazimi still I think
1: yeah I'm I'm still talking about the Kazimi oh, okay. um, we
0: wanted to talk about the chart
1: yeah we can jump um Not bad <laughs> no that's okay I don't I don't know what I was saying but um, we got some it some about Mars and the building <laughs> of the four and. That I, I was saying um, that this eclipse, uh, I was checking it out while I was on a plane ride home. Um, I was on a plane for like four hours and I was just looking at all this. these two eclipses. This is the wrong one. That's why it doesn't feel right. So we're looking at the new moon in Scorpio conjunct Venus to the degree at two degrees. Uh, I have to just go ahead a minute because my calendar off by one minute so um this new moon eclipse in in scorpio is at two degrees with with venus also at two degrees um so and all these planets are very closely within 11 degrees of the south node so when i was looking at this eclipse i was like not really getting the best feeling in my gut when it comes to global finances and this this um recession that we're going through so Um, I'd love to chat more about that. I just wanted to complete the thought there of the contrast is like this Venus Kazemi happening on Saturday, um, the 22nd, I feel like it's a very glorious, like positive event. Um, So for those of you that don't know Venus Kazemi, um, basically Venus is aligning energetically between the sun shining here on earth and it's getting in between the path well, it's not in between the path. That would be retrograde. So what's happening is Venus is as far away as Venus can be. And then the sun and the earth, this, these planets are in perfect alignment. So on Saturday, the 22nd, it's a great day to do anything romantic, anything artistic, anything relating to money or what you value, spending time with friends, spending time in nature, Venus rules, what gives you pleasure and it is the divine feminine. So, um, just just to create that awareness
3: mm.
1: around how to connect with the energy in like a ritualistic way, um, but I think this eclipse, like once this eclipse hits, like a few days later on the twenty fifth, um, we might notice um, what you might consider as like bad news or like things that like concern the public around things relating to finance and um, what we value. Um, one of the things i think is going to birth out of this new moon is a potential like new world currency it, i've heard um, in the news there is no name for it yet but russia china brazil i believe india and a couple more countries africa included um are, are forming a treaty to create a new world currency to take the u.s dollar out of the number one spot um, as what's generally traded around the world. So that means that if that does happen and um, these, these countries create a new currency that Americans are not included in on and Americans are going to be, their dollar is eventually going to be, or the goal for that project is to eat the American dollar. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, um, but it's very scorpionic and it's very, you know eclipse conjunct uh, Venus um, in the sign of her detriment, um, which is, it's the hardest place for Venus to be. So, um, yeah, not to mention that, you know, Mars is in Gemini, um, ruling this eclipse and this is the sign Gemini is the sign that last year's eclipses were in. And, um, it's kind of led us to where we are now. So, a little political. I don't usually go into the politics of things, but I felt very, very called to share. And I I think it's good to talk about money and politics and world economics. Um, When we look at the astrology at times, because especially in times like now, this podcast is a place for liberation and excitement about life and creating world peace and creating resources for the whole world for us as a community to thrive. And when we go through recessions, um, it's it's another form of um, Phoenix rising opportunity. And um, I just want to say that if there is like a, a moment where there might be a turning point, it's going to be um, after this eclipse, we're going to notice a big shift. So Alula, Rose, I'm not sure if any of that resonates with you or if you want to touch upon any of that. Um, And if you've heard, if you've heard about this new global currency at all, what you think about it?
2: Um, I've, I've heard like whisperings of it. I just personally have not been in a global realm lately. Um, but I, yeah, I appreciate and agree with everything you just shared. Um, yeah, I, I, there was just like a lot in there that I, um, I kind of, to rewind a little bit, I did want to speak more on the Deacon and the, um, Mm. the tarot card affiliated. Um, Mm -hmm. So not to like change direction, but I just want to like re. No, it's a lot. Let's, let's, let's move with the wind. (laughs) And maybe, um, yeah. I'm just moving at that slower pace we mentioned earlier as well. Um, Mm. yeah. So I just wanted to talk about like that, that last Deacon being ruled by Jupiter. I loved what you said about the four and the Mars and the kind of momentum, um, but what I, I just love the four of swords card so much because I think like, it's the, I feel like the four is that we were talking about stability, right? I feel like the four mm-hmm. is that stabilizing factor before we move to the five and there is that like inertia of the momentum, but the four is like the levity at the top of the breath where mm-hmm. um, four of swords to me very much being like a card of rest, Um so it's interesting too, like talking about the squares and like air energy. I feel like it's kind of the, the moment where we get to really quiet our mind. Oh, wow. Sorry. We were talking about just collective noise with eclipse season earlier. And it's just funny. Um, yeah, leaf blower right outside my front door. I'm sorry. <laughs> <It> startled me. <laughs> so just funny, like actually that's maybe part of the lesson here too. Where can we maintain our slowness and that sense of levity of breath and the stillness of rest before moving forward, despite all of the collective noise um, mm. and turmoil externally with eclipse season. So it's funny, I think, um, and that segues back into what you were sharing with like currency shifting, like um, I think it's it's important where you're aware of, of those shifts, but also not letting it stir, like letting those bigger meta changes in our matrix, um, stir our internal sense of like grounded comfort.
1: Exactly. It's like, we can anticipate that there's major transformation that's going to be happening, especially when it comes to money and what we value and how we trade. And that can be exciting it's literally part of the game and it's part of the story and where we are within the game right now and yeah i think that oh daily life is about appreciation so astrology helps us to do that and to just go about everything with an appreciative optimistic mindset
2: for sure, yeah, and like speaking to that too, I think um, just all of this Uranus influence in Taurus, in Taurus too, for those that maybe don't feel initial excitement about these changes in currency, um, to tap into your own innovation and um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, get into our we can create our own methods of abundance and currency. Like Steph, what you were sharing earlier too about thrifting and repurposing, like that is a currency right there. So exactly. it can also be an invitation to us to open our minds, to think beyond abundance and value as like the U S dollar, <laughs> which you're, you're so right. That is so exciting.
1: Yeah. Like I, I posted something on my Instagram today at story alignment and it's, a, it was like a picture of Jesus and Jesus is a meme saying like, you know, I Why do you guys sell weed? Like, why do you sell cannabis to each other? I made it a plant for a reason. Right? Like, even plants. Like, my dream is to buy land, plant hemp and cannabis, harvest that medicine, make multiple kinds of medicines, and then make clothes out of it.
0: Oh, yeah. And then
1: sell handmade clothes from hemp made in my backyard. Like, that's my money plan. And that works today and it worked always. And I think that we are just coming to it's a place of removing the veil with this new moon eclipse of like what's actually truth um, because Scorpio speaks to truth. Um, I'm gonna just go over a couple of correlations with Scorpio so that we can explore some of these themes. Uh, one of my teacher's name is, um, Anthony B. James, and he's the creator of the Soma Veda integrated traditional therapies. He wrote a book called Karasat Chakra Astrology. And basically what he did was he did research to find the correlations between the chakras and 52 healing modalities. So the fifth chakra connects to Scorpio season, as well as Aries season and the, the ruler, the ruling planet of the fifth chakra which is the throat is Mars. And this is because in the throat we have our adrenal glands and that's where we can get the energy to fight or flight. And it connects to our um, kidneys and our liver and basically the energy of of how, how fear, you know, affects our ability to clean our blood and the water within our body. And also to reproduce. So, um, you know, under this new moon and all of this scorpionic energy, there's an invitation for us to be connecting with what is actually true, and speaking and using our throat, connecting with our throat, connecting with our adrenals, and what feels right. You know, regardless of what we've been told, what we've been programmed to think. Um, we can hear and sense what is most important. Um, the sense organ of score of the fifth chakra is actually the ears and hearing. So a lot of times I act, I do think of Taurus and how Taurus connects to right. listening and the ears, but it wasn't until I opened this book um, before the podcast that I'm seeing this correlation between the throat and ears um, and listening. So Like you were saying about how we already have what we need. And it's a matter of just like feeling it and being with it and surrendering to it.
2: Yeah. And I think that like, um, I'm intrigued by this school of thought of like Mars ruling fifth chakra because I've been more raised in like traditions of it being Mercury, like expression. So I'm like bridging the gap in my head over here while you're talking just for myself. So I'll share it collectively. Um, I think that's such a big signifier, like observing the shift of allowing Mars, like a sense of rulership over that region. um, That's so indicative of like the paradigm shift we're all in right now. Some may say the new age, um, whatever language you want to put to it. But this shift of like all of these like false dense, Illusions of what like power, what power is, and where it lies <laughs> in our reality is we're we're stripping all of that away, thanks to Pluto and Capricorn and all of this Scorpio energy, and um, yeah, just like the Mars being the triumphant ruler of this region, kind of signifies how nothing, nothing can eternally or permanently cloud the 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 true power that is our authentic expression.
0: Yeah.
1: Some of the instruments that connect to this chakra is like the trumpet and a volcano erupting, stamping feet, a whistle, bagpipes, a side drum. But just like, as you were saying that, like nothing can stop you, like think of that trumpet energy. Like you play a trumpet when you're like literally like charging towards something like fearlessly, (laughs) So it's like,
2: (laughs) I'm thinking of the judgment card too, like the final trumpet of, um, assessing (laughs) how well we've lived in our values and in our integrity.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the things that says that I was reading, um, it says "When when, functioning properly, actions in life are appropriate and proportional to the actual circumstances, There is resonance of expression of being evidenced by right actions, thoughts, and deeds. One's word actually means something. The breathing and breath are full and unrestricted, and the voice is loud and clear. It supports the process of learning and acquiring lifelong new information. Mm. So I'm so grateful for this work and to begin to connect the anatomy to the lunation so under this lunation um, the recommendation for self-care let's say with self-massage or any kind of gym routine or yoga movement m- routine that you want to create but under this new moon up until the Taurus full moon um, some of the suggestions are to work with your hands and arms neck chest back and upper around the torso to do pranayama or focused and direct breathing is very beneficial because again, this is opening up our throat chakra, uh, being nourished, um, bringing nourishing energy to the body, balancing it with that like Taurus nourishing, um, drinking a lot of bone broth and like having, um, that deeper awareness of like life and death and Mm. how important like earth magic is and focusing on, um, healing of the
0: the male side or the right side of the body. Yeah.
2: That makes sense.
0: Yeah, so I
1: just wanted to like share that. Um but we can look more deeply now into like you were saying with the with the the, the deccans. I have it up here. I don't know if you want to say something too.
2: Oh yeah, I was just asking what's that book called one more time? Mm-hmm. It's called Karasat Chakra Astrology um
1: k-o-r-k-o-r-o-s-o-t chakra astrology um, it's a really wonderful book um,
2: awesome yeah sounds like there's a lot in there oh yeah it's cheap um, but yeah the, the Deccans, I mean I feel complete on what I wanted to share with those so is there is there more you wanted to well the second the second decan well the second degree would be the
1: first second of Scorpio so this new moon is um under the decan of Mars and of the fifth of five of cups um
2: (laughs) so yeah what are you thinking I'm just chuckling because um five of cups has been an interesting totem since last eclipse season in the spring for me personally so just to speak to like my resonance with that card in a collective way um it's funny because like uh, to me five of cups can be a little bit of like almost like a sense of disappointment so to spin that in a positive light we can view it as like a um not so intense but a more just like a subtle mourning of what could have been or what might've been or what once was. Um, So it's like in this new beginning with Venus there, again, just relating it to, I think what we've already kind of talked about of um, letting things go that are blocking what we truly want um, or just getting out of our own way to receive what we want that's already in front of us waiting to be received. Um, But just that sense of like Scorpio, um, mm, Scorpio requires an attunement to our grief And, um, this actually, this message came through in a reading the other day. Um, yeah, (laughs) just that grief is like, I, I really, I exalt grief as like a really high expression of love because it shows, um, it's like the, the love that was never quite expressed that needs to be let out. Right. Mm Um, yeah. I can
1: definitely relate to that energy of grief and that energy of disappointment. That's why I was saying like this, this Kazemi, I'm like so positively excited about it. I get such good vibes. And then when we get to the actual new moons in Scorpio eclipse, it's like, there is this feeling of like something, there's some sort of like realization of what could have been and the grieving process of just letting that go. And embracing what is and making art from that
2: right right and not letting the grief of like something didn't go like something not that didn't unfold the way you intended or planned or imagined it um, because that blessing can still come through and maybe even in a bigger way when we surrender to the cosmic pattern Um, I love that and just like too I think Scorpio teaches us to overcome our fear of these darker themes. Like just because it's grief doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Like grief is Scorpio shows us like the pleasure in grief, like that, that sensation in your body after you let out a huge cry, like that is delicious. Like leaning into those, um, the pleasure that comes after we move through the the depth and the heaviness. And so once we, the more we like allow ourselves to full body experience those moments of pleasure after the storm, the less we fear the storms as they come, because we know what's on the other side.
0: Oof, that was so beautiful.
2: And then we just, yeah, thank you. And then we just allow ourselves to, to be in it and move through it.
3: Mm -hmm. Totally.
0: Yeah. I want to mention that
1: Mercury is in Libra on this new moon and it is trining Mars in Gemini. So, um, I think there's going to be a lot of action that's happening. A lot of connections being made. I know I've made so many friends locally in the last couple of days. Um, I'm going to be traveling under this new moon. And, um, the thing with these transits that we're looking at everyone, like when we're looking at new and full moons as imprints, especially eclipses. These things are—it's uh, like if if Mars and Mercury are trining under this new moon for the next month. That's kind of like the vibe, <laughs> and it's more intense, obviously, within the little time frame. But it's a seed that creates like a larger wave, and especially with eclipses, we're talking about six months worth of depth and effect from whatever is in this chart. So. Um, I know that for me, like once I get back from being on vacation, there's a farmer's market like outside of my office that I'm really hoping to get a seat at and, you know, just meet local people and be talking to them and doing the work and having a lot of those communications just happening with ease. So with Mars, trining Mercury and Libra, both in air signs, there is a determination to begin communicating about what we desire. But there's also like a direct ease that that's coming through for us now. Um, and it's just a matter of trusting whatever it is that you bring to the market with Mercury and Libra. There's this, you know, what do you have? What do I have? We balance each other out. Perfect. You know, like I've been looking for your information, Mars and in, in Gemini. There's this really a big turn on that's happening um, within our culture, within our community, um, especially with saturn also in aquarius trining mercury and they're in this sort of like wide grand trying together saturn mars and mercury so a lot of long-term commitments connections um, and serious relationships relationships that can handle depth with venus and the new moon in scorpio
2: yes
0: yeah
1: really cool to see
2: so yummy and too um I know we were, we were talking about this earlier Mars getting ready to station retrograde is going to be at this 25th degree of Gemini this whole eclipse mm-hmm. so there is like a again the word levity keeps wanting to come up you said ease too with these exchanges um and receiving each other's information I love what you said what you bring to the market <laughs> But Mars, I think, kind of floating in suspension there at that 25th degree, um, it feels like an invitation for us to just kind of pause our force of action. And instead, like, it's not that we're stagnant. We're just, again, levity. Like, we're letting ourselves suspend in where our actions have carried us so far before Mars does station retrograde and invites us to Revise a little bit with all of this new information coming in. Mm -hmm. Revising our game plan, kind of, so to speak.
1: Yeah, that's why I was saying too, like, I know I'm gonna be on vacation. So um (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Like like the things that I know are happening are not gonna happen like right away. There is like a trusting and surrendering into that trying, like, oh, things are happening even if I'm not doing anything
2: right mars is just like take your time baby <laughs> it's all good
1: yeah so i pulled up the chart for mars retrograde on the th- october 30th the actual time will be at 9 a.m um and this is mars going retrograde at, in gemini at the 25th degree so and it will stay there for the next month 10 of swords so this is the Deccan ruled by the sun and is connected to the tarot of the 10 of swords. Mm-hmm. That's really powerful. Like, because we've had so much energy in Gemini, like pretty much since Donald Trump became president, there's been signatures of Gemini and um, with some of the things I was talking about with the world currency and just, I've been noticing a lot of um, uprising, like a, collective awareness around you know how we treat BIPOC and how we build our economy and um, there's a lot of like talking that's been going on um, that maybe a couple years ago it was a very confusing conversation a very immature conversation and now with with you know Mars in this decade that's ruled by the ten of swords Um, it's like an, it's like an army of people that, that know how to wield a sword that know how to get a point across that know how to cut through the bullshit and really see things for what they are and use information to create healing versus confusion or, um, systems that are really not sustainable.
2: Right. And I think, yeah, approaching these, like, last degrees of Gemini, there's, like, more of a maturity and a refinement in these very real and important conversations that have been happening, um, where, like, I think initially everyone's inner child was just, like, with with the early degrees of Gemini, right, was so, mm-hmm. like, threatened by um, just the the collective different differentiations of narrative. And now that we're approaching this, like these final degrees, there's more of a maturity to be able to dissect and relearn um, with less, I think with less shame for a lot of people too. And there's, because it's Mars, there's a lot more like, uh, again, the maturity is allowing like more impactful physical action um, after yeah a couple years of a lot of really like mental awareness now it's more like okay like we've talked about change like what can we tangibly do to implement it and move forward
1: yeah it's cool to see the progression of the Deccan rulership from early gemini being ruled by jupiter which is really energy of like i know it all because i'm a teacher to the gods and with you know mars transiting the beginning parts of gemini that was really a lot of the discussion is like Um, this, this energy of like everybody knowing it all and, um, uh, like, uh, almost like an arrogance or an over optimistic viewpoint on things that are really serious and problematic. And even, even if we talk about COVID and how that was handled, you know, it's like, it's like, no, no, this is right. Like, um, this, I'm not even going to say certain words, but, um, you know doing it this way will create the best outcome because i know so but really like when we allow the sun which rules the final decan to have a role within that conversation it allows us to illuminate what we didn't know before mm-hmm. and the space between is ruled by mars and i would say that in the progression since like the beginning of lockdown to now there's been like this um wizardry that's been needing to happen to figure out what's gonna what is going to happen and then a lot of people actually taking action a lot of people experiencing a lot of suffering and um, resistance Um, very Marsian with Mars ruling the second decan and then finally now we're with Mars in the the final decan of the sun so I think like there's a lot of soul integration that's happened now with what we're supposed to do and with Mars going retrograde till the end of uh, with the beginning of next year, um, what we're quote unquote, supposed to be doing, it might take a little bit of time to really, uh, be fully embodied in a super, super mature way where we have like years of experience, but there's like a rebirthing happening with, uh, how we're using information and information rules our mind. So like everyone is getting this like reprogramming about how they fundamentally think and how they can use that information to, change what they're doing and I think that's ultimately going to change the economy and change um the world. So just really cool to see. As an Aquarius, I love seeing like air movement because everything starts with thought, you know.
2: An Aquarius would say that, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I feel like so excited. Uh-huh. Yeah. I want to say too, just like 10 of swords. I mean, that card does not fuck around, but that really is, I'm sorry. I should not say that word on here.
1: It's okay. It's now explicit.
2: (laughs) We are now an explicit podcast. Well, you know, it's fine. Um, yeah. 10 of swords is just like, that's like truly a card of like finality, um, or even like mortality. (laughs) i feel like i keep bringing up the darker themes i don't mean to but just this sense of like i think we could also see um maybe not quite yet i think we'll really see the full fruit of this when mars is direct again next year retracing this degree but i do think we're going to maybe even kind of under the surface there's going to be stirrings that then again when mars retraces this degree in the spring time ish um I think people in positions of power that have been corrupt, I think more is going to come out about that. That will be sort of a final nail in the coffin, so to speak. Definitely. Um, Mm. Maybe not as much as like we're hoping for, but there's, I think there's definitely going to be some, some breakdowns in, uh, yeah. Well, what's
0: going
1: to happen is that people are going to take action when Mars is in Gemini. And they're going to say and do things and use information in a particular way, which they choose. And then when Mars turns direct, Mars has to retrace all of those degrees. And that's where karma comes in. Right. People start to be able to fact check and realize who is this, you know, like who is being dishonest. Mm -hmm. And that's really good. (laughs) But. It gives us um, it gives us the invitation for sure to be very mindful about how we are using information and how actually information right now is one of the most it's it's the um, weapon of choice with Mars in Gemini. So um, you know, one of the things I've been t- thinking a lot about is protection and our protection and um, knowing how to protect oneself, which, um, in some cases requires knowing how to use
2: weapons because people use weapons against you, right? Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up that I wanted to speak on that too. Like the um, whew, Gemini too, like the magician energy of our wordsmithing, like mm-hmm. after we've we've spoken the same narratives to to exchange the information, if we just keep having the same redundant conversations again, without actually like, putting physical energy into transmuting it then we're kind of just reinforcing the narrative with like too much repetition then we're just casting a spell of reinforcement Um, so I think also being mindful of like have the conversation and then put your action to those words Um, yeah instead of getting stuck again on that mental energy of the just unpacking the wording of it all um Because as we know, too, again, like North Node and Taurus, using our bodies, using our physicality to move energy, like to exist in a three-dimensional world, that is actually our gift here. We have these, these physical instruments to explore with.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, I
1: would say, too, I think that with Mercury coming into Scorpio, Uh, It looks like the day before Mars moves direct or Mars moves retrograde. Let's see. So Mercury moves into Scorpio on the same day that Mars goes retrograde. Um, So, you know, with Mercury and Libra, it's like everything is like in the air. Everything's up in the air. What you say is like kind of up in the air. But when Mercury moves into Scorpio ruled by Mars, now there's like a lot more action taking behind what you say.
2: Right. I think it's interesting too. Uh, wow. I'm going to try to translate this. I might just need a little moment. Um, just seeing Mercury kind of holding this first degree of Scorpio, like it's like one side of the dam kind of like containing the fixed waters. And then Jupiter having just ticked back into Pisces, holding that final degree of Pisces, like we have this kind of container between the first degree of fixed water and the final degree of mutable water so i feel like even though that's not maybe technically i guess it's quincunx out of like out of sign but just about but yeah even though that's not like technically a perfect aspect i'm just feeling this watery container of like (sighs) it's almost like the water again is inviting us back into sensation. And, um, it's reminding us that in the physical earth sign, more like form of sensing, um, it's really the water of our emotions that brings those tides of awareness for us to really sit with. So, um, I think what's wanting to come through on a more literal level is like the water and earth energy in these eclipse cycles to feel really specific to the nervous system.
0: Yeah, so just like
2: consciously repatterning our own nervous system, because ultimately, like, however our nervous systems are calibrated, or however we could say out of tune they are, um, that impacts how we're able to going back to Mars ruling the throat chakra, like how we're able to really be of of useful action through our expression to be of resonance with what the collective is needing.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: It like starts with the nervous system because that is how we can really parent ourselves and how we um, self-regulate. And we have to self-regulate to co-regulate in harmony.
0: Yeah, well, Mercury,
1: I would say if there's any planet that would really rule the the nervous system, because I think of like nerves and what creates that energy of, nervousness or activity within the nerves itself it would be mercury like the messenger and with mercury now in in scorpio our mind is going to be able to explore mystery that other seasons we haven't had the same access to and the mystery lies within the tissue of our body and within the tissue of the world around us and just finding Like the more we can be aware of what's going on within us, the more that we can support the outside world.
2: Right. I feel like um, I'm not, I don't feel fully equipped to like express this thought fully, but I'm just going to put the seed here of, I feel like there's something to explore between the connection between the nervous system and the lymph system too. Like those are the two that are coming up in my, uh, just feeling my own body right now.
1: Well, I can check to see um, what the what Taurus rules um, in the Carousel Astrology um, to see if it does talk about that. Um,
2: yeah, it's, yeah.
1: I'm going to look right now. Um, but is there, we kind of just jumped ahead,
0: but I feel prepared
1: and like we could just use this chart um, to kind of we'll move about- into the Taurus full moon and how it kind of syncs up with the rest of the cycle.
2: Yeah, I feel like that's kind of why lymph is coming up too, because like the high tides of this full moon lunar eclipse and Uranus too, like it's, we might even after like all of the bliss of that Venus Kazemi, um, the 22nd, I think this is going to be an interesting like checkpoint for us to see, like this, almost feels like um, I'm gonna kind of use a term the peace dealer uses. So shout out to the peace dealer, Michael, if you happen to listen to this. Um, but it feels like kind of like the boss, the boss battle, like the like a high level test for us to um, see how well again we are able to like self regulate after we got that blessing of like beautiful calibration with Venus Kazimi. So as this like full moon tide rises, it's like. How, how efficiently um, and nurturing can we self-regulate in the face of like unexpected shifts? Yeah, yeah. all The space between the initial like onset of a change and our ability to settle into that change, like the space between that is, to me, that is like where anxiety lies. So the quicker we can kind of move through that, not to rush ourselves, like we can move quickly at a slow pace, but um, the way we're able to m- move through that really can alleviate anxiety.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So Venus rules the second chakra,
1: and the functions associated with this second chakra is balancing of calcium and phosphorus in the blood. It controls the nerve activity and utilization of water metabolism.
2: Lymph. And Venus, interesting
1: yeah so the second chakra and venus and Taurus energy is connected to nerve the nervous system and the lymph system because i would say utilization of water metabolism is a is a very uh, broadly connected association with lymph we're talking about water
2: right no it makes sense
1: yeah so that's really i had a feeling it was like direct Um, in
2: my lineage um i just learned that like the the second or sacral chakra was Jupiter which is just interesting like again just looking at both of these schools of thought um Jupiter being back in Pisces again that just really aquatic (laughs) sensation too so yeah that really fits on many levels.
1: Yeah so the sense organ is the tongue and the predominant sense is taste and um the chief subsidiary parts are the ovary and reproductive system, the testes, the belly, the sacrum, the lumbar, and vertebrae, kidneys, bladder, lymphatic system, water, semen, saliva, mucus, urine, and the interstitial fluids. So the work is to work heavy on the feet and the legs and to use big, broad, and deep compression, even to the point of bending the bones. Work indicated sen and Meridians release all key wind gates, especially those of the legs, and do treatments and work points on the top of the head. So,
3: mm.
1: yeah, balancing moonlight, clear water, cleanse, and stimulate, especially the full moon. So, clear, clear waters, cleanse, and, and stimulate, especially on the full moon in the moonlight. Um, look into dreams around this time for insight into the activity of the center of the second chakra. And drink clean and pure water from a natural source, and avoid bottled water as much as you can.
3: Mm.
2: You know what's interesting? <laughs> this feels so right on time because last night I—this is so rare that this happens to me. But I'm out of bath salts. Would you believe it? And I took—I was forced to take like a normal bath. Um, and I—it's just interesting with all of this, like really hydrating energy and it's saying specifically clear water for some reason I'm feeling compelled to share like maybe this is an opportunity like to not put salt in the water and really just be with like yeah just like plain clean clear water um so it's just funny that synchronicity of like last night I did just that because I I had no choice (laughs)
1: Uh, yeah. I think that makes sense. It's just, I, I, I would never say no to magnesium in the water just because it's the salt gets taken out of the water, but I see what you're saying.
2: Um, not like, no, just like for those that frequently salt bath, like I do, like maybe it could just be a nice change to experience a different, uh, different bath. frequency of water. Yeah. Um, and really just yeah. Let yourself submerge too with the Scorpio energy. So the
1: activity of the second chakra is fantasy, right livelihood and procreation. So I thought, I, I wanted to mention the other, the uh, so this is like new moon versus full moon. So the activity under the new moon in Scorpio ruled by the fifth chakra, according to this lineage, the activity is thoughts and ideas, expression, communication and knowledge, because it is that, that throat chakra. The desire is solitude and knowledge and wisdom and the attribute positive and negative is unity and adventure, ego and destructiveness. And then, um, for the second chakra, the activity is fantasy, right? Livelihood procrastination or procreation. It's so funny. What a and <laughs> switch. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, so the activity is right livelihood and procreation. Um, The desire is sexuality and gregariousness. And the attribute is positive, negative purity and receptiveness versus attachment and non-existence.
0: The basic being is creative reproduction of being. So
1: yeah, under this full moon, um, I feel like this full moon actually is a nice reset because, um, I mean, we still do have the ruler of the full moon in its detriment. Venus is the ruler of Taurus and Venus is not in the best place. Um, but the full moon is conjunct. I don't know if I said new moon just now, but we're talking about the full moon. Yeah, The full moon is conjunct the North node fate and Uranus. The moon is literally to the degree that Uranus is. So um, there is this like sudden shakeup that's happening that's helping us to reconnect to some of those themes of purity and groundedness and creativity.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Um, to just rewind a little bit, I uh, I just looked up like a proper definition of gregarious as well. And it just says mm-hmm. describing one who enjoys being in crowds and socializing. Mm. um and it's just funny because like another word that you listed (laughs) for this energy was um destructive so i just think Mm. it's funny like learning how and this is what i love about the runes too right like sometimes words that we wouldn't seemingly put together there's actually like an underlying unity which is another one of your words Um, so I just wanted to share that, like, how can we allow these destructive forces while still staying in our gregariousness and, um, letting ourselves coexist in those spaces without feeling like we need to hide away from
3: it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like once this full moon comes, it it is more of like a time to come out and, you know, meet our destiny, meet our fate with this full moon on the north. No, there's an energy of excitement. There's an energy of Venus passing the sun, coming out of her Kazemi, feeling clean, feeling like, okay, fresh start. Like, I want to go deep. I want to find people that understand my desires. A Scorpio energy that like Scorpio is all about um, going toward what you want. And that is motivated by how you feel. So um, I think there's a lot of excitement, um, not to mention that um, the contrast between the new and the full moon, um, we have, um, let's
0: see if I can, did it
1: do it? No, hold on one sec. So, okay. So on the inside, if you're checking out the chart, um, is the Taurus full moon on the outside is the new moon. So on the new moon, we can see that Jupiter was at zero degrees of Aries. Um, and on the full moon, Jupiter's going to be back into Pisces. Um, Alula, I don't know if you have it listed when Jupiter was in Pisces, like what time periods that was, because we're like taking a quantum leap back into time with oh, wow. Jupiter going into Pisces.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I loosely remember Jupiter first entered Pisces in May of, I think May-ish of 2021, um, or maybe late April, but around that season. And then, yeah, couldn't tell you beyond that, but off the top of my head. um, But Jupiter goes back into Pisces on the 28th, exactly.
0: So don't mind me guys, I am just checking out.
1: The retrograde started on the 28th of July um so we've been experiencing a backward motion since then and then jupiter was in pisces hmm well i guess um follow us on instagram for more because
2: <laughs> i'm finding real quick um jupiter yeah. pisces and entered aries direct the first time let's get it exactly um may 11th of this year so we had pretty much a full year, like May of 2021 to May of 2022, roughly, um, of Jupiter and Pisces, and then okay. it entered Aries May, still there now, but you said it stationed retrograde July. yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, so there's been a cleaning up since July, for sure, of things that happened from May 2021 to May 2022.
0: We also Which- had. Awesome. Yeah, okay.
1: Go ahead. (laughs) I was going to say it makes sense to me. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Part of that time, like this um, May to May, part of that time, it did go back into Aquarius briefly. So that whole time wasn't influenced by Jupiter and Pisces, but that's when it started. Okay. Yeah. Good point. Um, I just really wanted to talk about this too. I'm surprised I haven't already just, uh, we talked about the stagnance of Mars staying at this 25th degree. And then you pointed out earlier Saturn as well, staying at eighteen degrees, just because yes. it's slowly moving forward again, um, and so all of that, like Saturn, is just squaring everything under this eclipse, <laughs> like just T squaring. Um, so it feels interesting that like there's as much as we're going to be in this beautiful, like this blossoming, um, everything you were saying about the the moon on the North Node, like there is this excitement. Um, And I think it's interesting that just the chart we're looking at right now, it's not going to be the same for everyone in the world that, um, depending where you are in the world (laughs) that looks at these charts, but just for our purposes of divination here, like Saturn in the fourth of this chart, anchoring down with its T-square, I feel like there's also has to be a... um, in all of this excitement of what's to come, we also have to sit with the realities of like what responsibilities we have to hold before we can fully fully be in this like new timeline that's arriving with the eclipses. Um, there's a sense mm-hmm. of like Saturn really wants us to do it with diligence and integrity. And um, it can be the difference of like, okay, you, you realize you need to quit a job. Like Uranus could kind of incite you to just quit and never go back but Saturn's bringing an awareness of like no you like you can make these changes but you should still uphold your your maturity and your respectability and put in your two weeks and allow that timeline to land in that time um so I just this this interesting balance of like reveling in Uranus's like suddenness and excitement while also maintaining Saturn's like do respect kind of and yeah
1: um, so true like i was talking about wanting to build earth ships and i've set my eye on going to a training this upcoming july in 2023 so although i i'm ready to go fly out to taos new mexico and start learning like today i i can't you know just based on like the systems in which that school runs i i have to wait until it lines up for me and so that's very Saturnian where like, I need to, to accept, um, how to uh, come to that event in July, like fully prepared, yeah. um, and just embrace that embrace like whatever's moving slowly. Um, even if it's for me, it's like buying land, like there it's a process and mm-hmm. all like you're being inspired to see what roots you and what you're like setting your sales on. What are the long-term plans? There's a lot of clarity around long-term plans and even like extreme <laughs> decisiveness around that with this, um, you know, grand square happening and fire and fire. Well, no, it's in all the, cause it's squares. I'm just seeing like the mid heaven and Leo
0: square, Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, this fixed square, um, energy. So yeah, I completely agree. I yeah, Ooh. it
2: feels like like in this square specifically again between Saturn and Uranus, and there's been so much conversation about this this whole year, of course. Um, but like, I feel like if if it was a little skit, right? And Uranus's narrative of this dynamic would probably be like, like, damn you, Saturn, for making us wait. Whereas Saturn, I think Saturn has a little bit of the upper hand, being at home in Aquarius um Saturn's narrative is like child I am granting you the gift of time like I'm not mm-hmm. making you wait I'm giving you this this beautiful opportunity of time to um yeah to really get ready and to uh, reorganize your control over your domain like what a gift
0: yeah completely beautiful Whew. so, um, I'm thinking we can just take like a five-minute break. I'm going to pause
1: and we can come back. Um, So please excuse us for this
0: momentary break. We'll be right back. (laughs) Okay, and we're back. Thank you for
1: your patience there. We are back. Um, we we took some time to talk about "Hmm, what else should we talk about with this, um, upcoming eclipse. And one of the things I noticed was that Mercury is conjunct the sun on this eclipse by one degree. And at 11 AM, this eclipse perfects at 6 AM. So just five hours later, Mercury and the sun will align in Scorpio. So, um, this Kazemi is another activation we get two kazimis under this new moon full moon month and the first is venus which is about our relationships and our values and how we connect all in that libra energy and then this kazimi in scorpio with the sun let's see this is the second decan ruled by the sun wow so the sun is like super exalted um so yeah, this this Kazemi with Mercury is not a Mercury retrograde Kazemi. It's a Mercury direct Kazemi. So this is helping us to integrate a lot of the lessons that were happening during the last Mercury retrograde. So about a month and a half ago, we experienced the last Mercury Kazemi and there might have been a little bit more um, things we had to figure out because the Mercury's retrograde were really assessing a situation but now with mercury direct aligned with the sun and getting that kind of cleansing experience our minds get that experience of deep truth and awareness of truth and stillness is a big desire of you know fixed energy in general so i think that there's a lot that doesn't really need to be said when Mercury is in Scorpio. Um, Like it's not as windy, it's not as uh, drawn out as Mercury in Scorpio. Mercury in Scorpio is very quick and to the point, very efficient, um, able to assess what's going on emotionally um, quickly. So this Kazemi is helping us to really make a lot of emotional transformation overnight. So this it's literally happening on the same day of the eclipse. So, um, and it is conjunct the South node. So
0: this is-, there is
1: a comfort that we're finding with the process of letting go of certain things or purging certain things, or just being able to look at our waste product, you know, like our shadow essentially. So things that used to be overwhelming in our minds or overwhelming in our ability to communicate or to think about. Um, it's getting a little bit easier, I think, with this Kazemi in, in Scorpio.
2: Yeah, I'm just observing, like, that's so juicy. Um, I really love that we're using the decans and the, the layers of the tarot as well, because, mm-hmm. wow, six of cups as the the second decan of Scorpio That's like a pleasant surprise to me. Um, So, mm, Six of Cups to me is like such a card of nostalgia. And um, again, a theme of kind of resurrecting, like our, you were mentioning like the stillness of this this fixed sign and the second decan too, like especially Mercury and the sun, like really just about smack dab in the center of the sign in that stillness of the fixed energy. There's a retrieval of of nostalgic um, emotions. And it's like we have to travel through this kind of darker energy to really retrieve the the essence of like our inner child, I want to say. And with Mercury, this Kazemi coming off all of this Venus energy too, I just feel like it's such a beautiful opportunity to strip away and um, really reprogram how we can relate to one another from that really, really beautiful, vulnerable inner child space. Yeah. Sorry, that was a bit of a tangent there, but yeah, that's just that's so beautiful.
0: Well, I'm thinking
1: about I, I made a new business account at the bank yesterday. And I made friends with the woman who helped me make the account. And we were just connecting by the end of our time together, like so deeply on our inner child desires. Like I was telling her that I wanna learn how to sew my own clothes. And she was like, oh my God, I do too. And I told her there's this local class I'm starting at the beginning of November. And and she's like, I'll go with you. And we were both just so vulnerable with each other and let our inner child just like show And, um, you know, we made friends and we didn't have to say a lot or spend a lot of time. It was just like quick and penetrative and meaningful,
2: literally like kids in a sandbox. Mm -hmm. Like being a kid and just going to the park and like, you just like, you didn't need to know another kid for like, like what you're saying a long time to just find something to bond over and play. Like, it's so pure. It's so beautiful.
1: Yeah. And I want to say too, like that class starts on November 17th and this eclipse is on the eighth. So that means that Mercury is going to cross the sun and earth and give us this like deep wisdom in ourselves of these themes that you're, you and I are chatting about. Mm -hmm. And just 10 days later, I'll be in that classroom with her. So that's what kind of happens with the astrology is that there are things that might happen to you like in the past that relate to this kind of energy that later shows itself. Like times where you were very vulnerable or where you were um, really just leaning into your own desire to play, your desire to feel, your desire to um, transform, which is very Scorpionic. Um, they start to come to light, especially after Mercury crosses the sun and completes. It's kind of like the the completion of the retrograde lesson. I, I feel like once Mercury crosses that Kazemi with the Sun, once it's direct, so a lot of those retrograde lessons are coming to a close, and a lot of the prayers and the blessings you've been waiting for show up after Mercury gets ahead of the Sun.
2: Oh, thank you for that. Yeah, I feel like I'm experiencing that personally. Mm. That resonates. Mm.
0: Beautiful. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, mm, I feel like that's a good segue, too, just to touch a little bit more on Jupiter. Yeah. Um, it, I think that it's just so powerful this specific moment, too. We're being gifted by Jupiter because we're not only going back into the previous sign of Pisces, but it is the, we're, we're like, getting a little dance between the the birth point of the zodiac of that zero degree aries so it's it's really like Jupiter showing us um the expanse between worlds so i feel like while jupiter's in pisces it's also an opportunity to um to bring with us any, any toys like or tools, but speaking for the inner child, like any toys from sort of this previous chapter that we do want to bring with us into the new one.
1: Exactly. That's such a beautiful reminder. There were so many things that we learned when Jupiter is in Pisces about what we enjoy and what makes us feel like we're literally living in a dream reality.
0: Mm.
1: It's so romantic conjunct Neptune yeah. So there's a lot of um, wisdom in our memories of the past of what made us feel so open in our hearts and even in our feet, right? Like Jupiter and Pisces and Pisces energy connects to the feet. And I, it reminds me of like the first time, time I ever went surfing. I remember I got off the surfboard and I could feel that the chakras in my feet
0: oh yeah and
1: I could feel my connection to the earth and that pleasurable experience so when we are really in our pleasure we're feeling it all the way down through the roots of our feet Mm -hmm.
2: and the feet just like the hands contain so much of the entire body in them so Piscean um Mm. I just want to say if you love someone like give them a foot rub (laughs) That's perfect for this energy right now
1: (laughs) under this Taurus full moon eclipse, like Jupiter's trining Venus.
2: And it's funny too, how like so many people are um, repelled by, by feet. Cause it just goes to show that like this again, Jupiter at the end of Pisces, like a mastery of service um, is like a foot rub, you know, to really like
1: be able to hold someone
2: right hold their
1: emotions not just their
2: mind right the part of their body that you said like what you were saying does connect directly to the earth like it's beautiful well the
1: hands are ruled by gemini right so that's like ruled by mercury which rules the mind right and the thought and the logic right but then the feet is how we process all of that
2: yeah. I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence too. It's like the bottoms of our feet are called the soul spelled differently, but mm, our soul yeah. Is like Pisces. Yeah, exactly. The,
1: the thought and the, the integration or the application of that thought is what gives us the feeling, which is what gives us our soul experience. Like the combination of that, mm. of feeling and thinking gives us the soul
0: Oh yeah. And then I'm just looking like at what it looks like,
1: mm-hmm. you know, we can see and treat our illness through our hands and our feet.
2: So much of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking too, like, uh, you mentioned it's, it's proximity to Neptune. Oh, and just like I think the next day after this eclipse, we'll also have Venus trining Neptune exactly or two days, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, with now Mercury getting ahead of the Sun, so again, more of that visibility you were talking about, and then Neptune and Venus just having like such clear, precise harmony and communication there. Like, I think, oh. The moment after like, yeah, the, just these 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 precious moments after this lunar eclipse, like the the breath of expanse that comes from that release. again, that the the satisfaction of the space we create after a good cry, bringing back some of that grief energy. like this is it. This is that silver lining, this beautiful Venus trying to Neptune.
1: Wow. Dream. Yeah. great point you make. I love having you on the podcast because you just like, add such another beautiful layer of awareness. So thank you, it's so beautiful. That would be November 10th, it's a Thursday. Uh, Venus is gonna try Neptune.
2: Yummy, And yummy. then
1: yes. And then later, let's see what day she trines. Jupiter. Jupiter will be the day before. So it's between Monday the 14th and the 15th that Venus will be trining Jupiter. Venus will be in her detriment but Jupiter will be in in its home sign and its dignity so i think there are aspects of our relationships that we might feel are taboo or like we have grief over we have shame over we have sadness that we cuz still like water fixed still water is stagnant you know and when we are holding on to um memory in the past we can experience those things like grief and sadness and so right there might be parts of relationship that that, high, that are highlighting you know what what could be different but jupiter in pisces and its dignity is really just teaching us to remember like the spiritual lessons within the contrast of what's good versus bad or what's desired versus what's actually happening um, and that the more that we focus on the desire and the potential for that desire to come into being, the more that we continue to create a beautiful experience and romantic life here on earth. Um, but you wouldn't have that romance without the contrast of what's
2: missing. right? And this it's so beautiful. It's like after Venus and and Mercury and the sun, Kazimeed in the center of that that six of cups energy, the middle deacon of Um, Scorpio it's so beautiful that now with Venus leading she's getting like a helping hand from Neptune and Jupiter kind of um, almost like extending her a rope to help support her out of those depths because she dared to go there alone and now there's sort of this like divine salvation on the other side of her trust to help relinquish her back to um, the surface
1: yeah It really resonates. She'll be moving into Sagittarius and out of her detriment on November 16th, which is a Wednesday. Wow. (laughs) So by mid month in November, we will be coming out of a deep relationship transformation, especially in regards to like how we make our money and how, how we think about money and how we think about what we value and exchange of our art with someone else's and within the world Mm -hmm. um and like i was saying before about relationships and just not needing to you know necessarily cut everything and everyone out of your life during scorpio season even though uh, solitude is really desired during scorpio season but there is that recognition of what can be used within your ecosystem um to create balance. and when Venus comes into Sagittarius, now we're like having a party with the relationships, with the people, with those that we've realized that we can trust them with our depth. Uh, and now we can have a party. you know, now we can celebrate, now we can be jubilant. And we should <laughs> yes. in' home sign.
2: Sorry. I'm just excited. Like we feel safe to really let loose and like just let our hair down a little bit yeah. too. So nice. Yeah.
1: So the second half, half of November is definitely really going to be great. I think we've got Venus trining Jupiter. Is it a trine? No, it actually becomes a square. So that's fun. Um, I know, yeah. Later that
2: or early December,
1: but I feel like Jupiter being, um, you know, ruling Venus in Sag it it definitely helps it's a little lucky energy there for sure yeah so my love I'm feeling complete Mm -hmm. with this assessment of the full moon and what comes after is there anything else you
2: wanted to touch on I feel good I feel like you know we could just keep talking forever (laughs) so exactly there's, there's plenty in there um mm. yeah, and we'll get to some Oracle.
1: Yeah, so i am I'm gonna leave up um this picture of a peacock feather it just happens to be my computer background. Um I didn't mention the archetypes for Scorpio and Taurus, so I'll just do that right now for the sake. Um let's start with Scorpio since it's a Scorpio new moon. <gasps> What's up?
2: Bro. Okay. Sorry. As you were saying, Scorpio new moon, this like not like chunky, big black spider just like ran across my floor. That was amazing. Wow. So, okay. Sorry. (laughs) So I I have
1: also some really cool good news. Like I love that. I love that. That's just showing up. There's some more I want to share that's showing up too right now. Um, in the Kerasat chakra astrology book, um, there are some more associations that I think would be fun for people to hear. So the second, oh no, this is the fifth chakra, which connects to Mars and Pluto, Aries and Scorpio. Uh, the gemstones for this energy, if you wanna play with wearing some of these gemstones between the new moon and the full moon to get into that new moon Scorpio energy, or if you wanna wear these or work with these things throughout Scorpio season, it's also really healing. So we've got Ruby, Turquoise, Flint, red garnet, red jasper, lava, onyx, blue sapphire, and tourmaline as your gemstones for working with the fifth chakra, the throat, and that Mars Pluto energy. Um, The aromatherapy, you can use sage or eucalyptus. Mm. For the herbs, really healing herbs during the season are aloes, barberry, basil, colander, garlic. Honey, oh, honeysuckle, excuse me. Um, leeks, mustard, nettles, horseradish, mm-hmm. onions, tobacco, and wormwood. And then finally, for Scorpio season, the animal characteristic would be behaves
2: like a peacock. You so. know what? Hilarious. I'm realizing I'm literally drinking out of my, my peacock water bottle, too. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, also, it felt relevant to share. <laughs> Well, oh, thank you for that. I
1: want to just jump to the Taurus vibe. So if we're talking about working with the Taurus energy and some gemstones, aromatherapy herbs that you can work with. The gemstones are coral, blue, selatite, emerald, jade, kunzite, malachite, mm. and tourmaline. And then the aromatherapy is langlang uh, lang and sandalwood. And then the herbs are artichoke, beans, bishop's weed, bordock, cherry, cocks ahead. I don't know what that is. Um, Cowslip, feverfew, foxglove, kidney wart, mugwort, peppermint, ragwort, thyme, and yarrow. And then the animal for Taurus energy is butterfly and crocodile.
2: Ooh interesting love that uh range yeah yeah so I will
1: just jump into um well actually because what what Alula and I want to do is um I wanted to pull runes Alula wanted to pull some tarot I've got a really beautiful sound healing drum in front of me um what is this called a pan drum hang drum I don't even know what this is called but um it's it's like a metal drum and it has all the chakras on it. And I wanted to play it some. So, yeah, I think I want to play a little bit just to kind of like get us into a prayer space. And then we'll do some oracle. Yeah, I think it's a marimba, right? Marimba? Is that it? I think so. That's I don't know. the coolest name ever.
0: Marimba. All right, let's hear it. Yum. Thank you. So I'm going to pull a rune for this lunation cycle. Runes are Celtic symbols that connect us to phenomenon and emotions.
1: So for the people, we got the most Mars-like rune which is an arrow pointing up toward the sky and its meaning is one of the warrior and courage and i use the ralph h Baum and susan lohan um healing circle of runes and when we look at this rune opposite of courage is guilt so it's really helpful to feel into that And the squaring of courage is wisdom and denial. So just allowing ourselves to be aware of that squaring energy between courage, wisdom, guilt, and denial. And in between denial and courage is serenity. Mm. And the axis of serenity is compassion. Mm. Compassion, love, and humor. Connect to serenity. Mm -hmm. So feels so super spot on. Warrior energy. Um, let's see. The name of this rune is
0: Tiwas. It means the sky god.
3: Mm.
0: He is the spiritual warrior. And
1: it calls the rewards of Saint August Augustine. That reward the patient, the patience is pa- the reward of patience is patience.
0: That's really interesting.
2: <laughs> wow. Yeah. And the Sky King, I'm just thinking of like Titan energy and Saturn and patience. Yeah.
3: Mm.
0: When this of- rune comes into response to a relationship issue it indicates that the relationship is both timely and prevention I don't know what that word means sorry y'all the bond is the real one there is work
1: for you to do together that's kind of what I was saying is like I feel like we are in such a camp we we have um a way of coping with stress that's just like oh I'm not gonna like talk to you I'm not gonna deal with this I'm just gonna like Turn it off. Like it's a TV. Like people and our relationships and our emotions are like TVs, you know? But we are re- like there's no separation between how you treat someone and how you treat yourself. So I've been thinking a lot about that. Like pure consciousness is non-dualistic. And dualistic is to real like is that we are different, we are separate, but at the same time, we are also like one. So just realizing that there's work that you can do together within your relationships with people, and that I think people actually want that. They want to experience patience from the people around them. Right. Um, it says the idea. Let's see. Um, a rune of courage and dedication in the ancient times. Tiwas was the glyph that warriors painted on their shields before battle. Whoa! Same symbol strengthens our resolve to align with self, align the self with the higher self. So yeah, taking action, being that warrior, and having courage. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: mm. I love the uh,
2: the opposite of courage is guilt. It's so potent.
0: What what
1: squeezes courage like the surrounding energies is prayer and acceptance. Mm. that makes sense yeah because I feel like with courage because it connects to the warrior energy there's this assumption that like it's an outward like if you're moving outward you're courageous but prayer is um it's an outward practice but it's very inward yeah and so is the practice of acceptance
0: yeah
1: so if you just focus on that prayer and acceptance, like courage, is born out of that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's really easeful as we move into the fall in the northern hemisphere and the days get shorter and we run out of energy because we're not we don't have the same access to the sun as we do in the summer. It's really nice to continue to move toward things that matter to us, but at a bit of a slower pace.
2: Yeah. I just looked up too, just like the dictionary definition of courage, just because I was curious. Um, One of the, one of the definitions is strength in the face of pain or grief. And there's our grief again. So it's just like um, strength too, correlating to Leo and the sun, like staying in our radiance, despite, despite any fear or grieving. Mm -hmm. And that is, I think that's, yeah. Tying into what you're saying about prayer
0: yeah prayer is so powerful Mm. especially in the presence of things that scare you make you uncomfortable Mm. and the prayer brings you back to that awareness of pure consciousness
1: and non-duality which means that like nothing can really hurt you and Everything is here to love you and teach you mm. in some way.
2: This feels like the perfect segue. I think I actually might um, just read this prayer before pulling a tarot card. Okay. Um, yeah, if you feel complete on your thoughts around that.
0: Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm so, good. Nice. Thank you.
2: Um, yeah, so. The prayer is, um, it's a kundalini mantra prayer. It's gobinde mukande udare apare hariyang kariyang nirname akame. And the translation is basically, these are all different words for for God or consciousness or whatever language we want to put to it. Um, But sustainer, liberator, the one who uplifts carrying through all destroyer, creator without name beyond desire Whew, there's so much in there but um yeah i just I, this prayer felt like the perfect one for um uh, for eclipse season because everything you're saying like getting out of um the experience of like a dualistic good or bad polarity there's just this this collaborative god force of mm-hmm um to destroy is to create and vice versa and it's just the seasons of the same the same life force it's just the cycle of it but it's it's inherently one and the same um yeah so thank you for bringing up prayer that was was lovely
0: yeah it's beautiful to hear that i'm i'm meditating
1: on this droplet of water on this peacock feather <laughs> and how when water is fixed, it becomes a magnet.
2: Wow, it has its own force field, like self-containing.
0: It's also like a, a magnifier.
1: Like you can see the bristles of the peacock feather enlarged due to the mirror that the water
0: creates. It's really amazing. So it just like teaches that what we like fixed energy, especially in the water form. It makes me think of
1: essentially the vibration of that, because you can see vibration through water more than any other element. Mm. Well, I guess every element has its expression, but water is, is a very, um, interesting element to observe. And when it is fixed, it does provide this amplification of what's true. Like it reveals the mystery, like without that magnifying glass that we see in this water droplet of the peacock feathers, I would never have that perspective of that peacock feather, nor the awareness of like its pattern, how it moves. Mm -hmm. So it's beautiful to have that ability to go deeper with Scorpio fixed water energy.
2: Yeah. Still waters run deep. Yeah. Says it all. Mm. Thank you for this visual. I just, the peacock synchronicity is really intriguing as well. Um, I love that we're in a space where we can kind of share what's, um, what totems and like resonances show up in our personal lives, because it is really cool how, when you start really surrendering to these, Um, sacred rhythms and cosmic flows there's um these yeah every the the synchronicities just really accelerate and they really just show you um the more they appear the more aligned with these energies you are and it's yeah just so so much potent imagery just like this water droplet
1: yeah i'm so glad um i want to mention to those that are still here with us if you're listening to the end we love you um, leave us a review. Let us know how this episode has resonated with you or write a comment on YouTube, um, share in your Instagram stories. We'd love to hear. Um, but outside of this episode, I wanted to invite people to, um, explore the mantra that Lula Rose just shared, um, with a larger community. What'd you say?
2: I was just saying we'll pop that in the captions. too.
1: Yeah, we could put that down below so you know the mantra, but um, Alula and I are a part of uh, an institute of yoga called the Akasha Yoga Institute, and it's run by our friend Hope, and she's amazing. And every day, this community of people does kundalini yoga at 8.30 in the morning for free. Um, we do about 9 to 10, not 9 to 20 minutes of meditation. Sometimes 3 through 3 goes for about a half an hour, but it's a nine-minute meditation, essentially. Um, which opens up with a couple mantras for opening up your field and your voice and especially with Scorpio season and healing the voice and creating a bold, powerful voice this season. Um, Coming to 333, which is free every morning, every single day, seven days a week at 8.30 Eastern time. Um, I just wanted to extend that because Alula and I are both part of that community and sometimes catch each other on Zoom. And um, it's really beautiful to be in community with people that are doing Kundalini yoga, which is a form of yoga that helps us to connect back to our breath and the planets. Um, We do talk about how the the mudras that we use, the sounds that we use, all connect back to the planets. And that is the original form of yoga. Yoga has eight limbs of yoga, but we often only talk about the asana. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So breath work and um, doing pranayama, um, are really, uh, a part of this astrology practice, I I would say, um, to help to integrate the symbols and the the logic and the thought, um, we use movement and breath to really feel it and to live it, live it. Yeah. It's not, I was going to say like (laughs) heal us, but life is a healing process.
2: So it's really just to live with it. So, Yeah yeah, it's amazing. It's been changing my life for the last year. So
0: whoo.
1: Yeah. And for those of you out there that are trying to get pregnant in your procreation game, um, hope is the mother of three beautiful children. And she just gave birth to her third daughter about a month and a half ago. And, um, probably took only the day her daughter was born off, um, in terms of her devotion practice and her meditation. So, meditation and movement of the body like we do in three, three, three is super powerful and cleansing. So if you're trying to get pregnant or heal hormonal issues or, um, really anything in your life, um, it's been proven through hopes, body and fertility, how powerful this can be. And I think in a world of, um, yeah, just like systematic issues that we all have, like anything to boost our immune system and um, cleanse ourselves to stay strong in our aura is a gift. So mm. that's that. And I also want to share a little bit of excitement here as we close out. Oh, I didn't get to pull the tarot card yet, love. Oh my gosh. Okay, you pull the tarot card and then I will go back to the other excitement. Thank you. <laughs> go ahead, love. So- so how are you feeling as you pull the tarot card? You were sharing the mantra and that's what had, that's what had me go
2: there. Right. Um,
0: but
2: yeah, I, yeah I, I tend to just kind of tap into the stillness and the silence when I pull. So there's not really any like tangible words on my mind. I'm just um, feeling into this, this epic <laughs> portal we're entering. So I invite everyone if they want to breathe uh, really deep with us. Let your pelvic floor and your cervix, if you have a womb, drop.
0: Like just relax, let it go. Hmm. Interesting,
2: so we pulled um, in this deck, it's Tarot of the Sheed um, by Emily Carding. Um, so in this deck, it's Dreamer Prince Gift of Liberty, which in conventional Rider weight tarot would be um, the Knight of Swords. So more air, <laughs> more air energy. Um, but I love this, this subtitle that this deck offers of Gift of Liberty. So to me, the knight of swords is like, the knight is the archetype in the tarot to me that dares to venture beyond what is known. Um, if we look at kind of the medieval structure that, that tarot utilizes, like the king and queen are staying put in their kingdom, um, as is the page kind of serving the knight when he's home. But it's really only the knight that gets to travel far and frequently beyond the known kingdom, so to speak. Um, So using this in the realm of the air element, in the realm of thought, of the mental space, um, that gift of liberty is to go beyond like the mental landscape we've gotten accustomed to. And that does require, um, again, going back to this kind of levity, this moment of levity we have with Mars kind of staying put at one degree of Gemini for quite some time. Um, This moment of levity offering the liberation of, of what's been known to us there it's it's and and tapping back into this energy of stillness we've been talking about um within the stillness we can and and coming back to meditation right and kundalini In the stillness of our mind is where we can find new new timelines and new narratives um and let those be be birthed without the noise and the constant stimulation of the older narratives and the older realm of thought. So um, yeah, that feels pretty fitting. And um, I don't know if there's a way we can share the visual of this card. So in case not, I will just quickly explain. Um, There's like a golden humanoid creature (laughs) holding their face in their hands. And um, it's just like a really golden radiant card. There's sunbeams behind their head. And then there's a bunch of bluebirds flying out of their head in every direction. So again, the, the birds being those thoughts, those narratives um, taking flight and leaving and creating space. And oh. the, the the radiance of the sun that that seems to be behind the head. Um, as I'm looking closer, it feels like those sunbeams are really coming out of the head with the flight of the birds. So, um, tapping into the radiance of our crown chakra too, by freeing up the mental airwaves. Beautiful. Thank you for that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It feels like really grounding into the Taurus energy, that card
0: Mm. and that, that combination of like listening, hearing, tasting, and like feeling the sensations of the tongue. Yeah. Yeah. creating more space by releasing those thoughts and patterns. Mm. Beautiful. Well, thank you for catching me there. Oh, yeah, um, the cards I was so excited
1: because um I just really loved working with you in this episode and having the chance to use so many connections to astrology in a way that I really haven't yet on the podcast. And, um, it's really indicative of what you and I've been working behind the scenes on, which is, um, this calendar that we are basically creating a couple different versions of. So there's a lot of, um, mystery to be left on the table, but I do want to keep your ears and eyes open. You're in the podcast right now and you're a part of our community. Um, I know for me every year when I, when the new year's coming around, like I know I'm getting a calendar and I I'm very specific about who I choose to do that with and what, it what kind. And I have many variations of that. So, but, um, I want to plant that seed in your heart. If you are that kind of person that loves to um, do inner work in astrology and um, talk about, have awareness of with yourself and with those in your life, um, these different connections to astrology that is poetic, that is technical, that is connecting to gemstones and herbs and um, just these different ways of really being connected with nature. So um, basically it's just an invitation to stay tuned and head over to starrylineman.com to join my mailing list. So you can
2: see what Alula and I are going to be
1: creating over the next couple of months.
2: I also wanted um, to just in a little bit and share because at the beginning, I was pretty coy with these, what we're teasing. um, Because I wasn't sure how much we wanted to give away. But since you said the word calendar, um, yeah, I just wanted to share, like I'm I'm personally feeling so passionate, um, of course, to collaborate with you, my love, but also specifically in our our choice to really align this, this with the, um, the natural cycles and not adhere to like what has societally been deemed the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, just to give one more tiny little, well, that was not so tiny, but to give a hint as to like, um, the integrity in which we're creating this, this calendar. Um, yeah, just wanted to share that. Cause I'm really just feeling so passionate about that piece of it.
1: Yeah. So when this is something we hope to do for years to come and, you know, by working with the calendar we're creating and starting with the spring equinox with us and your observation of each day passing over the next year from that point, um, you can look forward to possibly having that opportunity to connect with the stars with us every year. So um, we are going to be doing a pre-sale Pretty soon. Um, So, join the mailing list if you want to know when that opens, and you can support the work that we've done here with the podcast with you today and also get an amazing piece of our heart into your life. Um, There hopefully will be a couple variations. So, we know that people learn different ways and um, also have different needs and um, desires. So, we're just really excited to have this platform, which um is fun to be a part of because you're here listening so just want to send a lot of love and gratitude to everyone that's part of the star alignment community um for from the beginning of time and and if you're here new today for the first time uh it's just lovely it's lovely to create and learn astrology with others because there's so much to learn in life
0: it's Um, endless
1: (laughs) I really do think that astrology gives us the blueprint for how to live well as a society. So um, it teaches us everything we need to know about our survival. And that's really what causes people to turn against each other or to um, go into dark places uh, of depression or isolation, is that we feel that we can't work together, but we really can. We really can. Um, especially when we go back to these ancient wisdoms that show us exactly how to create harmony. And, um, when we're just doing the work of showing up, everything else falls into place. So if you're, if you've been here on the podcast with us, um, you know, congratulations and and good for you for, um, tuning in and making time and space for this. We'd love to know, how this episode resonated with you so leave a review for us five stars and um follow us on on youtube on instagram um alula rose's handle at instagram is the healing muse so yeah is there anything else you want to say my love before we kind of like say any like closing prayers or thoughts for today's episode
2: Yeah. I mean, I just want to, I guess, amplify everything you just said about appreciation for community Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, anyone that does listen to this, I would really love to engage. So, um, message me too.
0: (laughs) community.
2: Like there's just such, such power there that I think, um, yeah, we can all lean into right now.
1: Right. There was somebody on Instagram, um, that requested that Lula and I do another episode. And so here we are. So we really do uh listen to your messages and love receiving them and are impacted by your experience. So let us know what you look forward to. Um, If you would like to see any workshops from us, if there's anything about astrology you want to learn with us in particular, uh send us an email, send us DMs, whatever works for you. Um, But that's all I have. And I want to just send out that prayer that may we all live in alignment now and always. And um may the Scorpio Taurus eclipse season bring about the most beautiful, spontaneous, uplifting change that we can imagine.
2: Yes. Ooh. I'm finding words. Just give me
3: a moment. <laughs> of course. Hmm.
0: I just wanna extend a prayer for, for the whole collective right now.
3: <sighs> to
2: just really drop in. <laughs> I don't think there's many more words than that, but to like, may we find a, a new level of surrender that we feel in our physical bodies of our shoulders dropping, our jaws unclenching, our lower backs lengthening, the soles, the portals of our feet really connecting to the earth. And maybe just drop in a little deeper so we may go higher (laughs) in our timelines and in this reality. And um, yeah, I love you.
0: It's beautiful. I love you too. For those of you that don't know too, I met Alula Rose through the podcast. So...
1: We're doing some magical work here. Yeah.
2: And I love you as to everyone, and of course, you too. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I have same same.
0: <laughs> I agree. yeah, All right. Beautiful. Um, we
1: will be in touch. I'm not sure we have some upcoming content with Alula coming up in the future. Um, but as I've created with this podcast, it's very fluid, so um, just make sure you subscribe and turn on your notifications and you'll hear from me and Lula sometime soon. And yeah, reach out, leave us some feedback and uh,
0: enjoy mm. human experience.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Big love. Big love, Satnam. Yeah.